Hello, podcasters. How do we change the world? One successful podcast at a time. You're listening to Become a Successful Podcaster with host Bruce Jamoff. Rate him on Apple Podcasts. You have a podcast? Now it's time to grow it. Build your audience, monetize, and more. It's all about becoming a successful podcaster. Now here's your host, Bruce Jamoff. You got Bruce from Become a Successful Podcaster, where we help you guys become more successful with your podcast. Editing is one of the most tedious things to do for any podcast. I hear from everybody. I always say, what causes pod fade? And what is very tedious about podcasting? And editing is always the number one answer. Post-production is number two, but in some cases, they're pretty much the same. With that said, my guest, Meryl Oshner, who I've known for almost three years now and have actually met at a podcasting a podcasting meeting, an event, is right here as my guest. Hello, Meryl. Hello. How are you today? I'm doing well. And how about you? Doing well as well. Excellent. So we are going to talk to Meryl about editing and the ways that we can do it quickly, easily, and probably as least tedious. I I don't know if I can say that least tedious in the least tedious way possible. And that is what I want to talk to everybody about. Meryl, every time I talk to Meryl, that is her specialty. So Meryl, I know that you are an expert at this because this is all you do. Let's just talk about it. So Meryl is from her own company called Smith Douglas Associates. And she just told me it was named after her mom and grandma. I think that's amazing that you, most people think about who's the partner in. So let me ask you, were your mom or grandma ever a partner in your company? Well, not a partner, but always (laughs) mentors because I grew up with women who worked. And I spent 30 years in corporate marketing. And after I graduated from college and agree in, amusingly enough, video production and communications, I actually worked as a documentary filmmaker for about six months before I realized this wasn't what I wanted to do with my life. And then I looked at my mom and she was director of marketing for Nikon. And I'm like, oh, oh, I can do that. And so I worked in corporate marketing for 30 years. And your mother, so while well, the director of, of marketing for Nikon. Yes. Excellent. Okay. Yeah, keep going. I'm sorry. I just And I so know. that's that was three generations of women who worked and that's that's who I wanted to honor when I started my own company after stepping away from corporate America. That's excellent. I I love my mother. I would never think of starting a company with her name. But you know, everybody is different. And um, I actually commend you for that. That's great. So let's talk about editing podcasts. First of all, let me ask you, because I'm interviewing podcasters. Do you have a podcast of your own? No, I don't. I'm a commercial podcast producer. So I produce podcasts for my clients. So I currently work with law firms. I work with a cybersecurity firm. I also deal with a direct marketing company up in Connecticut. And I also work with a series of networking groups and producing podcasts for them. That's amazing. You don't have a podcast, but obviously you have a lot of clients that you produce. And let me just ask you, let's get all the shameless plugs out of the way. So let's, what's your website that people can get your services at? It's Smith Douglas with two S's.com. Smith Douglas with two S's.com. Okay. And tell us some of your social media profiles. Actually, I'm almost pure B2B. So I live in LinkedIn. Okay. So I, I work with my clients. They, they have Facebook pages and LinkedIn and Instagram and the like. I'm one of those people, old cranky old lady. I live in LinkedIn. I use <laughs> Facebook for friends and family and I use Twitter for hockey. And that's, I don't even have an Instagram account. You're a hockey fan. I am an 
unapologetic Pittsburgh Penguins fan. So yes, oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. I was I was going to say Islanders and Rangers, but okay. <laughs> I think you did tell me that once. You were a Penguins fan. That's right. Yeah. Well, that that's actually how I got into podcasting. I wanted to learn more about hockey, and I was director of marketing for a law firm at that time. And after having an hour and a half commute each way, I started deciding I was going to learn about hockey through podcasts. So I ended up listening to 14 hours a week of hockey podcasts. And I realized that this was oh, a wow. great format for long form storytelling for business. And so I went up to my local chamber of commerce and said, hey, you guys should have a podcast. And they said, great idea. Go start one. And that was my first podcast ever. And were you actually in Pittsburgh at the time? No, actually, this was up in Connecticut. I actually started paying attention to the Penguins because I was also writing an article on how people build teams around them. Hmm. And I was thinking corporately, but I had a friend in Pittsburgh misunderstand and say, oh, Jim Rutherford just became the new GM for the Pittsburgh Penguins. You need to interview him. And my first thought was, is that a sports team? I'm completely oblivious. (laughs) And so I started doing my research because I'm a compulsive researcher. And I, I fell in love with how NHL teams build a team with a hard salary cap. So I always joke That's that amazing. I, I'm a fan of the sport in the office, not so much a fan of the sport on the ice. So I actually follow all 32 teams. But yes, the Penguins were my gateway drug to the NHL. That's, that's interesting. And you've, have you ever visited Pittsburgh? Uh, a couple of times for conferences and okay. lots of hill and really good bad food for you. Bad food? Oh, good good food that's bad for you. So. Oh, that okay. All right, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, good food, bad for you. Yes, and it's always like that. The best food mm-hmm. is always bad for you. Um, Absolutely, <laughs> that's great. So now, I'm going to quote what I think you. I'm going to give you kind of a quote I thought I heard from you at one point, and you can correct me if I'm right or wrong or clear it up. You said that when you're editing a podcast, you think of it like a video game and you look at the blips in the waveform and you kind of shoot them with your mouse or elaborate on that. Well, for because I do commercial podcasts, my clients want to sound as professional as they possibly can. So that means I have to edit out all the filler words. So ums, ahs, like, you know, so. (laughs) And some of my clients are smooth and professional. And I had one 54-year-old lawyer who sounded like a valley girl. So it was like, like, you know, and this is an incredible conference. Like, you know, and then we have here, like, you know. Become a successful podcaster. We'll be right back after these messages. In today's materialistic world, it can be difficult to find the time or motivation for ourselves. It's also easy to slip into a negative mindset, especially in the age of social media and 24-7 news. Meditating is a great way of calming our minds and focusing on what really matters in life. But not all meditation techniques will work for everyone. That is where Genevieve Francisco comes in. She breaks down negative self-talk with her clients so they know how best to use their new understanding about themselves as tools towards mindfulness, better health, and happiness. Her intellectual nourishment program offers an alternative view of what happens inside our heads when we try to manifest something new into our lives. It also provides techniques for using these insights as tools for conscious creation instead of unconsciously creating more pain and suffering. To learn more about Genevieve Francisco and the Intellectual Nourishment Program, visit GenevieveFrancisco.Padia.com. I literally had to edit out 15 minutes worth of like, you know, out of his podcast episode. He ended up sounding beautiful and professional, but it took about eight hours to get rid of all the like, you know, out of the, out of the audio file. I took one editing consulting job, one, and it ended at one. The, the woman said, and just like that. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't really see it on the waveform. It was not that clear. 
I would zoom in. Hopefully, I could you know zoom in, and then mm-hmm. of course the waves get very detailed, and you're like, I I couldn't actually do it. And then I think she what she said and she said um, and it's not just that, but it's when they drag it out. It's like and um, I said this is not for me. Mm-hmm. And any type of job I get is gonna go right to Meryl. <laughs> Now I actually like it. Like I said, it is like a video game. You can, you get so in the zone when you hear the ums. You can actually see an um coming along, um, the thing, and it's just kind of like, okay, we're ready. Zap! Aha! Got it. So it's it's just kind of like sh- shooting away the enemy. You you can start recognizing the shape of an um and an ah and what? Uh, that's in the know, waveform, right? It's it's actually in the waveform. So you don't even have to be listening. Oh. You can see it coming just by the shape of the waveform. That's incredible. You know, there's also something on audacity. Mm-hmm. And by the way, when I say, you know, that's my filler word. So I'm a lot more conscious of not saying it. But this one I actually intended to say. So what I'm saying is when now an audacity, if people and I do have a podcast episode on this from about three months ago, when people use compression. Now, this is not on other types of editing programs or DAWs. And for those of you that don't know what the DAW is, it's digital audio workstation like Pro Tools. Audacity has a very cool feature in their compression tool called the noise floor. And the noise floor is exactly that. It's kind of a level where if the audio actually passes it, it presses it down. Maybe an um or an and or you know would could be caught by that but probably not be, and I'm just thought about that as you said it, because when you say those filler words, usually you're at the same volume as every other word you say. Yes. But, but you can try to catch some of them with the noise floor. So for those of you that use Audacity, learn how to use the compression tool and learn about noise floor. And a lot of the doors don't have it, especially the music ones, because we don't really deal with noise floors, but podcasting, you know, you got noise all over the place and you got hissing. And so it's not a bad thing. What do you think about that? No, absolutely. I use Audacity completely on that. Oh, you and do? That, oh, okay. It's something I'm always, I'm always looking at because I've, I've got really good equipment, but mm-hmm. for the past two years, it's been gathering dust in my den because no one wants mm-hmm. to meet live. So you use Zoom or you use Zencaster, you use any right. ringer, you use any of the apps out there. And there, there will still be some noise, some hum, some crackle. And so it's, it's learning how to mitigate that. Sometimes you yeah. can't get rid of it all. I had one person who I was recording via Zoom, and she's talking in a high ceiling, no carpeting. So the entire podcast sounded like she was talking in a tin can. And so it was learning how to try to, there's, there's no way to fix it, but the best you can do is mitigate the sound. So she still sounds a little tinny but a little less tinny than she did on the straight zoom file that she sent me explain to the audience and i hear this word all the time and i never bothered to google it or look it up in the dictionary what exactly is tinny well pretty much exactly what it sounds like it sounds like you're talking through two tin cans with a string oh tinny tinny. i get it now okay (laughs) yeah i never knew that i never i never understood it you're a little too young, but back in the days when, you know, you actually had to play telephone with two tin cans and a string. So. Uh, were, were you born yet with that technology? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a cranky old lady. So. Okay. You're not, you're not that old. I, I, I mean, maybe you think you are, but I don't, I was born in the 60s, right? I don't look so at it. So I. So we're almost, we're probably the same age, but, <laughs> but I don't think that we had the tin cans back then. What do we have the tin cans like back in the early twenties or whatever? <laughs> hey, they, so. they still have tin cans now, but yeah, no, that was, that was something you used to do in kindergarten, play telephone with the tin cans and a string. That's really and funny. That's, so that that's where the word tinny comes from. It sounds like wow. you're talking into a tin can. You know, what's very interesting about the Jetsons and the Jetsons for the younger people in my audience they, you might not know what the Jetsons are. So the Jetsons was a, a very popular cartoon, started in the 60s, went all the way to the 80s until it, you know, was syndicated everywhere. 
but I think they stopped playing it on prime time, like in the early eighties. It was a car, a family that lived in the future. We thought that all the technology that they had was exactly the year 2000. I mean, they never said it, but we all assumed that by the year 2000, weirdly enough, it was 21 years ago that we, the world would be a lot more advanced technologically like the Jetsons, at least I thought. And we had hover cars and mobiles. There was one little invention and we do have it now. I mean, it's like the mm -hmm. Jetsons and that is what we're doing right now on zoom. Yep. Okay. There was a scene when Jane, Jane, the mother, the wife, Jane yep. Jetson, she was talking to her friend and she actually had a picture phone. And mm -hmm. I remember saying, Oh yeah, when we get to the year 2000, we're going to be able to have these picture phones and we don't have picture phones. We really don't, but mm -hmm. we actually through our smartphones, we technically we can. And of course, through our computers with applications like zoom and mm -hmm. Skype and, every, and Microsoft teams and all that, and even Google hangout, you can do that. So that, that part, they actually got right. Yes. We still don't have the flying cars and you no, know, the, the flying robot cars. maids, but the tin cans, in my opinion, mm -hmm. are gone because of yes. smartphones. I guess you can call them dumb phones. Maybe we've got smartphones. What exactly mm -hmm. is, would it be with a, a dumb phone do? That'd be like the tins. <laughs> well, that that's probably your old house phone. So yeah, the dial. I got to tell you, I hated, and I'll say this, I know we're digressing. I hated the rotary phones. I'm not a very patient man. And when I would dial the big, the bigger numbers, like seven, eight, nine, and, and zero, I'd be, I would, I would turn the dial and then I'd be, I forced it with my finger. I would speed up my finger and normally you let go of it and it goes, da, 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 da. I would go, it would go da, 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 like that. And I never broke the phone. I thought I was going to break it. Anyway, we digress. So mm -hmm. yes. So that's what Tindy sounds like Two tin cans. Okay. That's great. And what do you do in that case? If somebody sounds tinny? Uh, one of the things I do is actually up the base. The base. Okay. So that, that, that's, that's one of the tricks I've learned. If things sound a little too tinny, it, it, it's still, you can still tell it was recorded in a room with no carpeting or any sound baffles but it doesn't sound as, as high pitch. It doesn't sound as, as high pitch. If you up the bass, it gives a deeper sound. It yeah. still has a bit of an echo, but it's not quite, again, as tinny. It just sounds a little more echoey. There's really no way to get rid of that echo. You can try noise suppression, you can try others, but since it's the voice itself and not something behind. It's recorded like that, yeah. Right. I, one of the first podcasts I ever recorded, again, was with this, uh, the Chamber of Commerce. I was interviewing someone in the Chamber of Commerce, and in the background, one of the computers started dying. Now, if you know when a computer dies and the fan starts going, it sounds like a small airplane coming in for a crash landing. Yes, I am. And, and so I was actually, my microphone at the time was my cell phone. So it was actually holding a cell phone up between myself and the person I was interviewing. So it picked up all the background noise. So we're talking and suddenly hear this, oh, as this yeah. plane's coming in for a crash with their computers dying. And that's when I first started learning about how to manipulate the sound in the background because I didn't want to have to record this whole interview at the time. So I learned about how the noise canceling and had, had to get rid of those That's certain great. sounds in the background. But I also learned sometimes you want to keep noises in the background for verisimilitude. It, it's the, you're interviewing someone who owns, it was an arborist who owns a tree company and we're interviewing in his office just when one of his trucks starts backing up into the parking lot. So you hear the beep, beep, beep. But that, that was the sound of his office. So I, I kept that sound in. Mm. Also, when I'm editing out the filler words, the ums, the odds, I'll keep a few in because that's how people speak. It is natural. It is natural. Yeah. It's it's just when it gets prevalent, when it's every fourth syllable is, and uh, then I worked here, and uh, then I went, uh, <laughs> that gets real. I, I was A podcast I was listening to that somebody else did was interviewing someone and I finally went back and just counted the us. This poor woman had 75 us. You actually counted? Interview. I, 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 seven years of Toastmasters, you were brainwashed to start counting these things after. Oh, I know that. You see, you see I, I love public speaking. I know a lot of people are very afraid of it. 
And actually, a few weeks ago, I was on a I was a guest on the podcast called Anxiety Therapist Podcast, a guy in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And he had me talk about public speaking anxiety because I don't have any. So he mm -hmm. wanted he wanted me to tell people. But and I've never been a member of Toastmasters. I, I never thought I needed Toastmasters because I do it naturally. But mm -hmm. um, no, it's interesting. I is that true? Toastmasters makes you count. It, that's that's one of the things oh, they they actually wow. have some someone assigned every meeting to count everybody's ums ahs likes you know so's just so a lot because be a lot of times you don't know of, you're doing yeah, it you don't know exactly. you're doing it right exactly big, so that's my, my mine is so I catch myself if I'm I, I say so a lot too <laughs> so tell me more about this oh interesting so what did you do then so what did you it's it's I'm like and I'm editing it's just like just kill them. Just get rid of the so's. Just stop doing that. I understand that. I say so also, but my thing is, you know, and like you said, you want to keep them. I mean, these are real words. You can use them, but don't overuse them. That's the problem. There's nothing wrong with saying and, but don't say and 75 times. You can say um, but don't say um 75 times. And I get it. I, I never knew Toastmasters does, does that. I actually should go to a couple of meetings and see how it works. Before the pandemic, I spoke in Seattle and, and Vancouver. I loved it. I can't wait to go back to these cities again. But my thing is, you know, and sometimes I actually count. I rehearse my, and this is the interesting thing about me. And I, that's another thing I say. If you listen to all my podcast episodes, I always say, this is the interesting thing. That's another annoying part that I find of, my, of myself. The interesting thing is, and I say that, I'm like, holy crap, why am I saying that? But when somebody says, um, every five words, I don't actually get that. And I'll tell you why. I worked at, um, do you really have to say, um, if you've worked at this place for 10, 20 years, it should be in the back of your head, ingrained in your brain. You don't have to say, um, I worked at, um, and then I've been doing this for how many years? Yeah. Um, 50 years. No. I don't get that at all. You, you know, you've been doing this for 50 years. You usually say, um, or ah, when you can't really, when you don't even know what the answer is and you have to think hard what the answer is. Right. Well, it's and also, you have to remember the brain moves faster than your mouth. So your, your brain is coming up with the answer. Meanwhile, your mouth is kind of struggling to catch up with where your brain is. So what the filling are you words sure about are, that? But isn't it the, the other way around? To, oh. The filler words are to kind of slow down your brain so your mouth can catch up. So one of the tricks I learned in Toastmasters, if you feel an um coming, don't vocalize it. You can just go, and then we're going to work on, it's okay to do pauses. It's okay yes. to do a dramatic pause. That's one of the things I also do with editing is I was speaking with someone who I swear was went to the William Shatner School of Public Speaking because he kept having these really weird pauses in his language. So I just literally Oh, yeah, he and, does. And, it's funny. And, and, and would cut down the extra pauses because it, it felt like you were in the car with someone tapping the brakes. And so you can actually go in in audacity and break down the, the extra, get rid of the extra space there. So it's not That's right. like you're listening to someone who can't, Get to the point. <laughs> is that and that's that is William Shatner's, right? Yes. And by the way, we're just talking as after he went into space, which is went awesome. into space. Yeah. If you ever saw the Comedy Central roasts, did you ever watch any of them? You have uh, to the, for years. Not not for years. You have to even before Donald Trump was president, they roasted Donald Trump, probably mm -hmm. because he was uh, the the host of Celebrity Apprentice or The Apprentice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you ever know, if you ever listen to the comedian Jeffrey Ross, mm -hmm. funny man, he's the Roastmaster General, and they actually roasted William Shatner. They roasted Charlie Sheen. They roasted Justin mm -hmm. Bieber. They roasted Flavor Flav. <laughs> I saw a lot of people. They roasted Joan Rivers before she passed away. And I'll tell you one line. Jeffrey Ross asked William Shatner during his roast, he said, all those planets that the Enterprise visited, you'd think one of them would have a talent school. <laughs> or something like, you think one of them would have an acting yeah. school. It's funny. Yeah. Or something like, all those planets you were beamed down to, you think one of them mm -hmm. would have an acting school. I thought that was funny. I get it. I get it. But 
And you said pausing. Sometimes they say that too much of a good thing is not good. And I think that pausing too much might also be just as bad as umming too much. Yeah. Oh, yes, that, that's one of the things. But the thing is, on the editorial side, pausing is great because it's really easy to just go in and close the gaps. Yes, that's true. And you don't yeah. say um all the time. But I still can't understand when somebody knows the answer. And you said that the brain moves faster than the mouth. But I don't know. Like, to me, it feels like the other way around. Like, you're, at least I'm a, I'm a fast talker. So maybe my mouth moves faster than my brain and I come out with the, you know, all the time. I don't know. Maybe, maybe mm -hmm. some people do it one way and some people do it the other. And either way, you come up with these filler words. And something else you said about editing, and I know we're jumping, but if this is a really good flowing conversation, I think, with us. You talked about adding the bass to the tinny, right, the tinny. Mm -hmm. can, you, can you imitate? And if you can't, that's okay. Can you imitate what a tinny voice actually sounds like? Well, it would probably be something like this because you have okay. a lot of echo. Okay. Now, let me ask you a dumb question. I am in my podcast studio right now. It's my music studio, and I'm just going to put it down. I oh, can't see anything, but I got <laughs> guitars over there and saxophone mm -hmm. and everything else. All right. Now, I kind of like the room dynamic. I like the reverb I have here. I have this microphone in front of me, okay? And this microphone... I mean, I'm close to it. I think I sound very clear. I started using this this week. This is a USB Samson mic. And I, before this week, I was using the microphone. I'm pointing to it right next to the camera. And I know it's not polite to point, but I'm pointing that at somebody. And it would sound really bad. So I plugged this in. And believe it or not, I actually had this USB. This is the C01U. It's very popular. They sell it at, say, a Mansion Guitar Center. And this is a great podcast mic. I'm right next to it, and I think it sounds great. There's no plosives, right? The welcome to my podcast. My name is Bruce. You always got the B's and the T's, right? I like the echo. As long as I don't sound like I'm far away, mm -hmm. this actually gives me most of the dynamics that I need, and it gives me a good sound quality. I yeah, think that sounds very good. Thank you. Now I'm speaking to, uh, I was supposed to interview my friend, Dondi, Dondi Nettles, who I don't know if you know him, but he's on LinkedIn as well. And he has a podcast called Getting Go. Gosh, I love the guy and I can't remember his name now. I remember the podcast. Dondi Nettles, no relation to Craig Nettles and the Yankees. Going big, shit, he's going to kill me if he hears this. <laughs> but it's uh, going, going big podcast. He interviews a lot of people. And he said that he's also... He didn't know how to use compression. So the one thing he would do is he would interview a guest and you have one guest up here on the waveform and then he would be down here and then he would have to adjust the volume and split it up and trim it. I did a whole video just for him on how to use compression and bring up the lows and bring down the highs and got your threshold and all that stuff. Do you use that? Like, do you use threshold and ratio and all that? I, I, I do if I have to. Okay. Uh, I used to interview people with one mic between us. And so I, I project, so I usually have a louder voice. So if I was interviewing someone with a softer voice, I'd be looking at the final recording and it would be, and then I'm going to do here. So tell me about that. And oh, so, yeah, yeah I, I had to very quickly learn that. What I do now is I, my, my portable studio has separate mics for everyone. Oh, that's so, good. So what I uh, do when I do live recording, I use uh, a Zoom H6, which is a little bigger than a cell phone. You can plug in six regular mics to it. It will record individual tracks. So if I'm talking and someone else sneezes, I could just edit that out mm. without having it be on a single track. When I record online, uh, one of my clients just records a Zoom call. So yeah, you just have to take what you can get. But I also use an app called Ringer, which you can Ringer. use over, which you can use over your phone, which will record multiple tracks. And then online, you can use things like ZenCaster and StreamYard wow. and the other things that were you can get separate video audio tracks to to edit in. 
So and wow. all of that, I, I still use on on Audacity because even if it's a video podcast, I'll post it on YouTube, but then I'll strip out the audio, run it through Audacity, make sure it sounds good, and then put it through the RSS feeds. That's very that's very good. That's a good way of doing it. I found that Audacity. Now, first of all, when I record my music, I use a program called Magics. Magics. It's with an X, not the word magic. Mm -hmm. And they're actually a German company, and they have a whole software suite for musicians to make their own studio. I've been using it for over 10 years and I started using it over audacity for my podcast, but I found that it's, it's compressor is not that great. It has a lot of plugins, but the compressor is okay. They give you everything you need, the knee and all that stuff, but tack and decay and all that. But I always run it through audacity after, and I actually use a compressor tool like I said before, to take out the noise floor mm -hmm. and then it sounds a lot better. So yeah, I, I see what you're doing. And then you, you turn up the bass on. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about plosives. And mostly you hear that lie when someone's got the microphone and holding it up. When we are singing, we got that P popper, you call mm -hmm. it, right? And I have those in my microphones too. When I, when I do live recordings, I've, I've got the pop filters on all the mics. Yeah. I have them all. I'm pointing again, I'm pointing at the <laughs> box I have. I do have it where I put it in front of the microphone and I, I'm looking at my microphone to talk. For those people that don't know what that is, it's probably a good idea that you use one. This microphone is so good. The USB mics are a lot better and they actually, this one actually does filter out the plosives, but a lot of people don't have that luck. And if you, you can go to, you can get it in two ways. You can go to Sam Ash and you can buy one for literally under $10 or, or a guitar center. Or if you have to do it, a podcast show in a rush, you can make one with a hanger and stockings. Oh, I, I just put a sock <laughs> over the microphone. You put a sock? Yep. You just put a sock over the microphone. That also works. Hold on, it wait, looks wait. really goofy, but it works. Wait, wait. Okay, we're going to do it. I, mean, I just took my sock off. Hold on. <laughs> I don't know what this sounds like now, but we're going to do it. We're going to do it. All right, hold on. I'm going with the flow here, Meryl. <laughs> All right. Oh, this is a big sock. Yeah, also, it doesn't work if you have a hole in your sock. I do have a hole in my sock. Oh, Okay. So hold on a second. This, this will be going in the garbage in a week or two anyway. All right. Yep. We're going to try this now. We're going to see what it sounds like. So welcome to my podcast. My name is Bruce. Yeah. You, you didn't have the, the pop there. But now what if I, what about now? Welcome to my podcast. Yep. You had a little bit of the breathiness there, okay. but yeah, it's, it's not like the gunshots. Cause one of the things I also did is if you're recording outside, you need the windshield. And okay. if you if you don't have what I, and I love they call it the dead cat that fuzzy thing you put over the mic to keep the the wind noise down, I yeah, use too. a sock. Yeah. So you can do you can use a sock. You can use a stocking. Yeah. The what you buy in the store the pee poppers are the same nylon material as the stocking. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know about a sock. <laughs> and actually, oh wait, I do have this. Hold on, I have another microphone. Hold on. Mm -hmm. I got this one too. Boom. Done. Yep. Let's try it out. Welcome to my podcast. Yep. <laughs> you know, I was looking for this and actually mm -hmm. I didn't even realize I had it two feet away from me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> so that's, that's great. So what happens when you're editing a podcast and somebody doesn't protect themselves from that phenomenon, the plosives, can you edit that out? No, you can, again, you can mitigate, you can make it sound a little softer because usually when you have a pop, you can see it, you can see, can see the, the high jump there. So you mm. can usually kind of bring the, yes. bring the curve down just a little bit. But again, this is something you're literally, and I call it SBS editing, syllable by syllable editing. And that's, that's what I do for my clients. I will go literally syllable by syllable to make sure they sound clear. They sound professional. Wow. It, it, oh yeah. No, this, this, this is, this is why they pay me the big bucks. This yes. isn't, 
a fun thing because one of the other things I do, and it's not only by sound, it's I also will edit for narrative. So if I have a person who has a tendency to not tell direct stories, that they'll start telling a story and then double back and then go off on a tangent and then come back. What I will do is I will edit out everything like that and rebuild it like Legos. And so when I deal with usually a lot of computer people with cybersecurity, I deal with a lot of such cybersecurity people. They have a tendency to forget that not everyone has a PhD in computer science. No boy. <laughs> and so they'll, they'll start getting very technical and I'm like, stop. What does that mean? What is that acronym? What does this mean? I just launched a podcast for a cybersecurity guy three hours of recording for a 20 minute podcast mm. because he kept getting in the weeds. I'd have to pull him back out again. And so I had three hours worth of content that I literally just went in and cut and paste to make a clear narrative. And I said to him, is this is what you want to say? Oh, wow. I thought I talked a lot longer. No, this is great. He didn't even realize that I went in and sh kind of shuffled around the conversation to make the story have a beginning, a middle, and an end. So you can actually split that, I guess, and put it anywhere you yeah. want. Mm -hmm. That's great. What about, and I'm asking you now, just asking you all the interesting interview questions about editing. What about if somebody, and this is what I do, and you're welcome to give me your honest opinion about what I do, every mm -hmm. show, audio. I don't do this with videos. Oh, well, I, you can't do it with video, yeah. Yeah, I, I could put the pee popper over the camera. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, what, what I do is I, I want to play a commercial and anchor allows you to do the commercials. They, uh, they tell you that it's, it's better to do a mid roll than a pre roll. And for those of us that don't know, mid roll is a commercial in the middle, just mm -hmm. like it sounds pre roll before and post roll after, um, I would, uh, I think post roll commercials are less valuable because that's where audience retention drops off before that. What I do and for anyone, when I want to play a commercial, I take the, the final MP3 compressed, edited, EQ'd, all that stuff, split it up to about wherever I feel like breaking it between six and eight minute mark. And I'll just split it. I'll make an A and the B and I'll upload it. And then I'll do my sponsored content. What do you suggest for somebody that wants to actually do a commercial, split up the audio like that? Well, one of the things you always want to make sure you do is know in advance that you're going to be putting a commercial in. So you don't right. need to have to say like, well, and now for a word from our sponsor, but you want to have a clean break. So you want to have it switching from one topic to another. You don't want to break it in the middle of an idea. Right. And so listen to, again, listen to the narrative of the, of the conversation and cut in when you're switching topics. Now with m most of my clients, my clients are doing commercial podcasts. The last thing they want is a commercial in their commercial. One of the things I've done very well, it's one of the hockey podcasts I listen to, is they actually make ad reads fun part of the podcast itself. They have a competition among the people speaking. One of the ways they do this is they make the ad reads an active part of the podcast itself. There are three people who do this podcast and they have a competition among the three of them on who could do the best segue into the ad read. No. So one, again, it's a hockey podcast. Someone will say, wow, did you see the goal last night? He hit that net with razor precision. And speaking of razors, the men's razor club. And they're like, okay, that's a B plus. <laughs> and they actually have their fan base judge who does the best ad read. So they charge a lot of money to sponsor their podcast because the fans are actually listening for the ad read as opposed to hitting the 10 second button to skip over any and all ads. So if you make the commercial a fun and vital part of the content of the podcast, people will actively listen to it and your sponsors will go, wow, this, this is great. We yeah. sound fun as opposed to the people going, okay, Geico, 15% off on your car insurance. And now back to the podcast. If, if it becomes an, 
a fun part of the content, people will stay and listen to it. If it's just a Blunken, any and all podcast, yeah, people are going to hit the skip button. Yeah, I know. I'm guilty of that. <laughs> so I like your mm -hmm. idea about making it like a contest and then people are more engaged, right? You know, mm -hmm. nowadays, social media is all about engagement, right? It's all about people. Mm -hmm. And that sounds like you're taking a commercial that people don't like and you're, you're doing an engagement. Obviously, and I'll tell you, yes, I get it. I play commercials. I hate commercials, but I play them anyway. Call me a hypocrite. <laughs> but I, when I can, I will always buy a commercial-free membership to whatever I can. I got my YouTube. I got my Spotify. Mm -hmm. I can't, I hate commercials. And now I'm doing a lot more work on SoundCloud. So I'm about to actually upgrade to that. So my whole entire online subscription fees are always about the commercial free subscriptions always mm -hmm. oh please i have so many ad blockers on chrome that it's got to the point where it stopped making google meet work because like oh it's a video automatically opening i'm like that's crazy so i had to go in and figure out which of my extensions were was stopping that particular video so oh i didn't even know youtube had commercials till like two years ago Oh, you did? I, because I had them all blocked. It wasn't until I looked at it on my phone oh. that I'm like, where, where did this commercial come from? I have to tell you that that skip, what is it? The skip button? The skip button, yeah. Is the longest five seconds of my life when that thing comes mm -hmm. up. And I know they do it on purpose because they want you to upgrade. They want to make their, month, you know, their mm -hmm. monthly subscription from you. I get it. And anything mm -hmm. with the commercial... I'm always, I always lose the battle. I can't stand it. I'm so grateful for the internet because you can't control TV anymore. You never could. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, like you want to go to the bathroom and sometimes you wonder, when is that commercial going to come up? Commercial comes up, you go away, you go to the bathroom, you go make yourself a drink or, or make yourself something to eat and you come back. But it's right in the middle if you have to leave and I'm sorry, when you don't have that commercial mm -hmm. that need to leave and the commercial comes up and you're like, oh, I should have went to the bathroom, you know, or made myself that drink and they yeah. do it right now. So I just hate that. I completely will upgrade. I finally am paying $11.99 for YouTube. So mm -hmm. I get I get it now. And that's OK. So you gave good advice about that. You know, you you make it like a, an engagement thing and it's not right. such a if bad you, thing. If you have ads in your podcast make it a part of the podcast. Yes. Have sponsors, make it fun and interesting as opposed to, I, I listen to one is like, and now a word from our sponsor. And the guy just literally reads it in a monotone. It's like, yes, you really need this product. It's a really good product. You should buy the product. And now back to the podcast. It's just like, that's, that's when you hit the 30 second forward button. It's yeah. the, you're interrupting why I'm here in the first place. So I don't want to listen to you. Yeah. But and you know, if you, I mean, there's yeah. so many clever people in the ad ad world. Make it funny. Make it interesting. Yes. Make it someone something that people want to see. I, I remember there was an OK Go music video. It was fascinating. It was wonderful. And it wasn't until literally the last three seconds you realized it was an ad for Salt, for Morton <laughs> Salt. They were the sponsor. And I it know. made me feel good. It's like, wow, Morton Salt is really cool. They're sponsoring music videos. That's just part of the social engagement that they're going for, right? Mm -hmm. And I know, see, the other thing that we all forget when we're not as big as YouTube or Spotify, and yes, I'm, I forget this too, but I'm aware of that I actually do forget it, is when you want to play commercials, but people don't really need you because you're not that big. Like They don't need mm -hmm. my podcast, but I do it anyway. Right. YouTube and Spotify can get away with that. So I, if you get as big as you can mm -hmm. and then you, you justify being able to play a commercial and people won't leave, but I do try to keep my commercials under 30 to 60 seconds by that mm -hmm. time. You know, I know it takes people about seven seconds to get bored of you or mm -hmm. seven seconds to get their attention with a heading or a headline. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you now, Meryl, give us two tips on editing your own podcast. And then we're going to share some of your websites and your social mm -hmm. media so we can get the shameless plug back. 
not a problem. It's honestly have fun with it. Yeah, editing can be kind of dreary. It's yes. you need to know the software. You need to know what it can do. You need to teach yourself that. But it's also a matter of control. So I, I also do some video podcasts, and you can't edit the same way you can with audio. And I find that really frustrating. I'll have this. 30 minute video podcast and I hear the ums and ahs and I'm like twitching because it's like the part of me just wants to edit that out, but you can't do that with video without a lot of jump cuts or multiple cameras. Actually, actually you can, and I'll tell you why, believe it or not, that is a popular thing to do mm -hmm. in videos. And I actually didn't like it, but I noticed that all the popular YouTubes do it. Uh, YouTubers do it. Well, there's, 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 a, there's a difference between jump cut and quick cut. Yes. If, if, especially if someone's umming and eyeing every fourth syllable, the whole thing is going to look like you've animated something. It's going to yeah. be overly I've seen, done. I, I've, I've seen YouTubers do it. Like they'll do like, hello, welcome to my video. We're going to do this now. I, not, and, that's, um, that's a quick cut. That, that's not a jump cut. That's oh, a quick cut. What's the Th difference? There is a difference. A quick cut is done on purpose. Jump cut is noticeable because you're it's in the middle of a sentence. So okay. like I went to the store and that, that <laughs> it makes you jump. Okay. But one thing, and this is a lesson I had to learn, especially when you're doing audio podcasts, you're going to get the best microphone and the highest quality. And you're going to get, build yourself a podcast studio. And you're going to have, the thing is the best pod, podcasts have the best content. Yes. Regardless of the sound quality. One of the best podcast episodes I ever listened to, again, hockey, was four hockey uh, guys driving in a car between two towns in Sweden. And so they're literally holding their phone up in the car. You can hear the car noises. You can hear the GPS in Swedish telling them which way to turn. But the <laughs> conversation was so fascinating that the, the noise in the background was just kind of ambiance. So you always want to try for the best sound, but in the end, you want to have the best content. You have a really fascinating conversation going on between two interesting people and it's in your wheelhouse and you're really interested. You're not going to be paying attention to the ums, the ahs, the tinny, the pops. You're just yes. really going to listen to the content. So That's true. worry That's about the content first and then work on making, it sound good as you go along. Yeah, so I think don't worry about investing a thousand dollars in high-end audio equipment first. Make something entertaining first, and then work on making the quality better. That's true. And you know what? You did mention before that you had some equipment that what do you say you can't use right now? Because, but can you tell us one piece of equipment that is sitting there that you would use if you were could actually if there was no if there was no pandemic. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I use the Zoom H6. It's okay. what's called a, a news gathering device. Device. It's You can actually use it as a microphone itself, or you can plug in microphones. The one I have, you can plug up to six separate microphones, so mm -hmm. I can interview five people at a time, each with their own microphone. It records on a card, and I can just plug the card into my computer and have up to six soundtracks going there. I, I love the sound quality to it. It's awesome. It's not that expensive. When I first decided to move away from a USB mic to individual mics, I ended up getting a soundboard. I didn't even take it out of the box. I just looked at it and going, okay, I went from a tricycle to a Harley. I, I, I just need a <laughs> speed. This is way, way more than I need. So it's okay to move up in increments. Again, my first podcast studio was my phone. Then I got a Blue Yeti. And then I got a slightly better mic. And the then Blue I Yeti the is, important. is very popular now, right? It is. It, it yeah. works great when you're the only voice. It's not great when you're interviewing someone across the table because it will pick up everything around you. What is that? The, it's called a cardioid mic? Yeah. It's, the cardioid's it's the cardioid. got the range. Yeah. It, it will still pick up someone sneezing in the next room or whatever. Yeah. So that, that's why I decided to invest in something with an individual mic. So it, I got less background noise. Yeah. And they also, you know, and they call those, uh, the U uni universal, no, I'm sorry, unidirectional, mm -hmm. right? Right. So it doesn't pick up anything mm -hmm. behind the mic. Right now that's great. And this has not only been, you're very valuable what you do for the podcasting community. 
Meryl, I've known that since day one, since we met. I think you, I thought we met three years ago. You told me we met five years ago once, didn't you? We met five years ago. You were doing a talk for, I think, the Long Island PR group of something. Oh, I don't remember and, what that, what, where was that? Oh, <laughs> somewhere on the North Shore. You were talking with two other guys. And I was laughing because it was talking all about how to build your podcasts and. Oh, really? No, that was the one in Hot Pog. Was it? Yeah, I think that was the one in Hot Pog. Yeah, that was not. I don't think that was five years ago. I think that was like two and a half, three years ago. No, it was. It was about five years ago. That was a while ago. Um, I I just I just remember the best part of that whole event was the food. Yes. <laughs> I learned a lot from you. I always do, Meryl. But today, my takeaway from this particular episode is that I can put a sock over my mic. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and you are freezing on me. You can hear me, but the video is freezing. And, and, probably- and now your, your audio dropped too at this point. You, <sighs> it, it sounds like you're talking through a box of rice. I sound tinny? Uh, not so much tinny. You sound fuzzy. <laughs> fuzzy. You sound staticky. All right. Let's end this real quickly. What I'm going to do is I'm going to share some stuff that is Meryl. Mm-hmm. And here we are. So we got LinkedIn. So we have Meryl. If you want to learn more about podcast editing or you just need her services, go mm-hmm. to Meryl Lotioner on LinkedIn or you can go to her website. Yep. Which I, love, I love the planet Earth. That's funny. Mm-hmm. You got the planet Earth with the sun coming out. And that's awesome. You got, now she does marketing consulting. I'm supporting you because you're support. Whenever you come on my show, you're mm-hmm. giving me support. So let's give you some good marketing here. Marketing consulting, personal branding. It's right there, mm-hmm. right in the menu yep. and podcast production. So those services are what Smith Douglas Associates offer. And mm-hmm. real quick, I want to ask you a very interesting question, Meryl. Mm-hmm. We didn't have podcasting when we were little kids. So nope. what, what did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a little kid? Oh, I wanted to be a documentary filmmaker, and that's what I went to college for. And after wow. doing it for six months, I decided, nope, this isn't what I wanted to do. Now what? I want to be a dentist. <laughs> I didn't like science in high school, so I never became a dentist. But mm-hmm. just an interesting, useless information for you. All right, listen, <laughs> thank you, Meryl. It's always a pleasure talking to you. And I'm glad the first time that we spoke in the podcast interview. And I hope we do this again. Excellent. You have a fantastic week. Yes, you too, Meryl. And let's end it right here.